You're listening to the Loud Thumbs Podcast. Get ready for games, entertainment, and adult beverages. Around here, we only have three rules. Game on, volume up, and stay loud. Hosted by your stout savoring super fan, Nick, and his IPA-inspired co-host, Josh. Time to get loud. What's up, everybody, and welcome back this week to the Loud Thumbs Podcast, your place for news, reviews, games, and brews. I am your host, Nick. And I'm your host, Josh, with a little return to form for my brew today. Oh, the, the old three letters are back, eh? <laughs> Indeed they are. Indeed they are. <laughs> good deal, good deal. Uh, I, I have a repeat tonight that we'll discuss, so... Um, before we get into the brews though, uh, want to make a huge shout out to a new Patreon subscriber, Holden. Yeah. He, he's out there and joined the Patreon group for everybody, man. That's, that's awesome. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, all, all the love, all the love goes to you helps for growing the show. Uh, your money will go well spent. Believe me. Uh, we are gonna, we're going to have a lot of fun on this show and that's, that's what we're continuing to do. And your support is why we can do these Hell things yeah. to be honest. So, <laughs> so stoked. Hell yeah, man. That's good stuff. So Holden's a good guy. Um, he's another podcaster out there, fellow, fellow podcaster. And we really appreciate him. Go check him out. The Nintendo archives is his podcast. So check him out. He's, uh, he's doing a good job over there. Solo podcasting is not easy. It's not a, it's not, <laughs> no, it's it not a weak be. man's game. It can't <laughs> No, Yeah. It is not a weak man's game. So go, go check him out. Show him some love as well. Uh, today we are doing our game of the eighties episode and we are talking Castlevania. So get ready for that. Uh, before we crack a brew or as we crack a brew, we're going to we're going to give you a little taste of the old commercial that this guy had back in 1986. <laughs> so, and, and listen to this in your old ear, ear balls there. Take a listen. <laughs> <laughs> Poor audio quality, but that happens when it's 30 years old, guys. Do the math. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you left him for dead in Konami's Castlevania. How foolish to presume he perished without leaving a curse. For now, in Simon's quest for Nintendo, fate stalks your very being, and you'll need more than clues from cowardly villagers to survive when day turns into night. But just keep telling yourself it's only a video game. It's only a... Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it, uh... It is so cheesy. It is so 80s. And oh it's gosh, ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's the only 80s spooky voice you know. He did all the things. I swear he did every commercial. He did every trailer for every horror movie that ever came out was that guy. No doubt. In the 80s and 90s, both, I think. <laughs> 70s, yeah. probably, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely 90s, too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. All right, man. Let's crack that brew and let's get the let's get to going, man. Hell yeah, man. So I'm bring, I'm also bringing a repeat. I'm also lame today because I have exhausted <laughs> all the new options from my uh, easy to get to places. Ah, yes. uh, Kroger in the tiny liquor store by where, where I work. Uh, just hot solution ale. 
Okay. From, from uh, the Bell's Brewery. Yeah. Uh, just really good, straightforward APA. Uh, it's a double, so it's a little hoppier. Oh, uh, yes. But, you know, I was, I was feeling it. I was feeling a straightforward <laughs> APA. And I've drank all the other things that both places have to offer. <laughs> oh, well, okay. <laughs> Time to start the, the round robin over again. Yeah. And yeah, me me as well. If you guys have been listening, you've seen uh, the uh, Wild Sours by Distill, uh, Distill Brewery. And I'm bringing the old blueberry crumble again. It was too good not to uh, taste twice. So, Dude, they uh, make a hell of a sour. They really do. Yeah. Really, I mean, really do. If, uh, if this is one of your first times joining us, I had a key lime pie sour that had coriander in it. And it was strange, but incredible. Yeah, and these guys also did a uh, like a pina colada one that I had tried recently, which was really good. Um, yeah, sours are are slightly becoming a new favorite of mine. To be honest with you, I just I really really like yeah. a sour. Hey, next IPAs, I'll go for a sour. I, I love sours. Yeah, they're awesome. It so damn good. It's crazy. This one and, is fantastic. One of my favorites. And easy to get into beer. Like if you're thinking about getting getting into craft beer. Seek out some sours. They're often very fruity, very easy to drink. Um, they got a little like you know weedy maltiness sometimes because they you know it is a brew, um, yeah. but really easy to get into. Yeah, extremely easy. Uh, it, it's I, I kind of find it to be like some of these, like these especially this one here. It's like a, in between like a pop and a beer. Like honestly, like that's just kind of how it feels. Uh, there's yeah, there, maybe not that, quite as sweet, but I, I no. see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, not sweetness, just just like because of the carbonation you're going to get from that, you know. Um, yeah, you're obviously yeah. going to get it in a okay. beer as well. But yeah, really good starting point. Uh, ciders and sours for sure. All right. So like we said, today's episode takes place in 1986. That's when we had Castlevania. Um, a little bit about our backstory before we get into deep. We're going to talk ourselves and the loud crowd. We asked those guys out there to join in. Um, personal histories, kind of favorites of the Castlevania series. Josh, do you have one? Do you have some some stories, some Castlevania stories or favorites? Yeah, so I wish I had more of them under my belt just because they're such a legendary franchise. But my, my biggest experiences with them were on the Nintendo DS, and they were the uh, Castlevania Order of Ecclesia and Dawn of Sorrow. Uh, both play like a Castlevania, but really unique in their concepts. I had a lot of fun with them. Dawn of Sorrow had like a really great like rng system where everything you killed had the potential to give you a new goodie in the form of new abilities and you could like uh equip different ones at different times to like fit a build and had some you know like crafting elements to it uh or ecclesia had less in the form of abilities but had much more focus on the weapons themselves and like a neat thing if you had the alternate between two buttons to attack faster which was was a little funky to get used to at first but after uh, a few fights, it felt really quite natural. Nice, nice. Uh, those are both DS, right? Yes, they are yeah. both. Yeah. Um, my history is very minimal. Um, partially why I wanted to do this episode, honestly, because kind of wanted to learn Castlevania. It's one of the big boys in the market out there. So, um, yeah. And one of mine that I remember playing. Never finished it, but I did start with this one. This is the first Castlevania I remember playing was Aria of Sorrow. And that was a Game Boy Advance game. Uh, I played that oh, one. Okay. Um, 
I actually remember playing that one on my SP, the the fold up Game Boy Advance. <laughs> you got the cool one. Yeah, I had the had the cool silver one at the time, and it fun. I mean, I I enjoyed it. Um, I definitely, I definitely could tell this was a game going somewhere. I just didn't know where to yet. But then I, you know, I put it down for whatever reason. Uh, this game came out in 2003. So, you know, I'd have been like 22 years old. Life happens. That's uh, about the time I got married. So you can imagine all these things happening in my life. <laughs> but yeah, so um, that's actually the year I got married, by the way. But the other game was what you just said, Dawn of Sorrow. So um, I did play the DS version on that one. I think I like that one a little bit more because of the just amount of things you could do and play with and just kind of check out all the different weapons and things like that you could get and pick up. And um, I did enjoy that one a little bit more, I think myself, but I think that was just based on tech and I'd have to go back and play them back to back and check them out again, just to really throw something at it. But I focused on the main originals for this uh, podcast. I did pick up the, the Switch uh, version, which is the, it's like a series of the originals all the way up to Sega. Um, you give me a second here. I'm going to pull it up here so I can tell everybody all of them. But uh, it's kind of a neat little game collection. I got on a super stupid good deal. It was like $4.99 for all these games. So <laughs> I remember um, when you told me about that. There's like there's like five or six games in this bundle as all the classics. You got it for like like you said like dumbly cheap. Yeah, it has the original Castlevania, Castlevania Two, Castlevania Adventure, Castlevania Three, Dr- Dracula's Curse, Super Castlevania, which is four, um, Castlevania Two, Simon's Quest, and then Castlevania Bloodlines is in it and Kid Dracula. So it's it it has a full you know plethora of games in there. Um, and it, it's worth the money for sure. I think full price is 20 bucks. So it's even, even full price. is not a bad deal and it's worth a pickup. Um, it is, yeah, just, they just call it the anniversary collection. And if man, they do have a physical copy of this, it's available right now. It's a limited run. If you guys want the hard copy of it, uh, you're looking, you're looking about 70 bucks to get that one. Um, but, uh, (laughs) I hope you're a fan. Yeah, you, you would need to be a fan. Otherwise, uh, may, maybe not be in your uh, your monetary bracket. But, uh, oh, it's still on sale, guys. Just checked it again. Uh, as of this podcast live, uh, we are recording on Wednesday, June 29th. $4.99, 75% discount running right now on the Switch. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Um, Damn. So let's get into it so favorites we discussed with discord as well mez over there he says dawn of sorrow is his favorite so he's uh he's agreeing with josh over there Hell uh, it's yeah like it's a good the one. three of the three of us have at least tried that one and checked it out says he liked how <laughs> it combined the metroidvania style of gameplay and exploit exploration with extra rpg mechanics like the soul mechanic that let you use abilities from any monster you killed i do remember that that was actually kind of cool now that he brings that up I yeah yeah, it made every kill rewarding because there's always that chance you could get whatever thing they did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gavin mentions that he he really liked Castlevania Lords of Shadow by Kojima Productions. Um, he's, a, he's a big fan of Kojima for sure. Um, I, I love Kojima as well. 
I, I checked this one out because I've never seen it before. Uh, so I just kind of watched the E3 trailer release of it that came out like 20 years or well, I guess it was 12 years ago now. And um, I mean, it, it's a 3D Castlevania. So it's like a, you know, like imagine God of War on the PS2. It kind of has that vibe of it. Um, puzzles and different things like, you know, conveyor belts, you got to move okay. and things you got to move a certain way to get onto a platform to, you know, do your thing. Um seemed like it had kind of a similar story. You know, you would, you would have like, you know, a loved one who died and, you know, you're kind of like avenging her and like, you have to figure out what happened and so on and so forth. Um, I didn't delve do, too deep into that one. Um, and we kind of talked pre-show to Josh and I did. I don't know if I'm a big 3d Castlevania guy. It weirds me out. It's probably a good game. Uh, oh, I, I, mean, I won't doubt that. Loop because, you know, they don't call the metroidvania like genre like metroidvania for a reason you know the yeah that's for the two 2d side scrolling platforming fighting all at the same time and so like uh, i don't know something something throws me off about a 3d castlevania yeah same same did for me all right well those those were our discord mentions and we're going to move in now to the beginning of the show and kind of kind of paint you guys a picture of 1986. So this game released in Japan in 1986. So that is why it falls within that year of the decade for us. Uh, the U.S. did not receive it until May of 87. So we got it a little bit later. Um, September 26 is when it came out in 80 or in 1986, in case I didn't say that. Um, so created by... Hitachi Akamatsu. Okay. He is the game creator. And here's some history of events from 1986. So follow me here and paint this picture as we go. Uh, <laughs> the gas price in 1986 was 93 cents a gallon. Uh, okay. Dude, if only. Yeah. O only a little skewed over the last 30 years. Right. Um, you know, 550-ish, depending on what part of the U.S. you're in. We're in the Midwest, so we're looking at $5 Ooh. a gallon around here. Uh, super fun time. Unless you're living that premium life like me, and it's like <laughs> 580 and yeah. you cry a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I still didn't feel good. It took me $107 to fill my tank, but that's because I drive a truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, the Soviet Union or the Soviet nuclear reactor in Chernobyl exploded on April 26, causing the release of the radioactivity materials, radioactive materials across much of Europe. So as a big event, the Oprah show debuted nationally in 1986. Mad cow disease. The Soviet Union launches the uh, MIR space station, Mir, which is. Man, that, that doesn't seem that long ago, but. This is just going to make me and several other listeners feel old, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it made me feel old just writing it all up. Um, <laughs> so um, the comet uh, Haley uh, reaches the closest point to the Earth during its second visit to the solar system in the 20th century. And then I have a, a little list I thought would be fun here of the top movies from 1986. Josh, what do you think the number one movie, and this is so ironic, the number one movie in 1986 was? Oh, man. I, you well, know, I'm not sure. Uh, no, well, it's, no. It, it's the number one movie right now as well. 
Oh no! <laughs> it shows you how much I pay attention to movies. Uh, Tom, Tom Cruise, buddy. Tom Cruise. I'll give you the hint. Oh Tom no! Shit. Was it Top Gun? It was Top Gun. <laughs> Damn. Right. Yeah. So it just uh, it all turned out to the the stars aligned for this episode to be getting recorded when Top Gun makes a billion dollars in theaters right now. It was a top grossing movie in 19. <laughs> it is across a billion dollars right now in theaters, which is Insane. incredible. Uh, I've only heard good things, so I, I, I want to see it myself. Um, hundred. This just shows you inflation, right? So number one movie in 1986, $171 million. That's probably yeah. a shitload of money in 1986, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it was number one by $50 million. And number two was Crocodile Dundee. And oh no, crocodile dundee. Oh yeah, that's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. It's a knife. <laughs> it's a knife. Uh and number three, uh the karate kid part two. So there's your top so. top three movies from 1986. Yeah. Three three huge movies, too, by the way, all in the same year, all competing on the same weekend, it sounds like. So that was uh that was pretty cool to find out. Now, a little bit of game history I want to paint for you for 1986. we got a little bit of world history, and we'll move into some video games. That's why everybody's here. So in 1986, saw many sequels and prequels in video games, such as Super Mario 2, Arachnoid, Bubble Bobble, Dragon oh, Quest, right, right, uh, <laughs> Akari Warriors, The Legend of Zelda, Metroid, OutRun, and RBI Baseball. All of those are almost household names. The, even today yeah yeah there's maybe a couple like bubble bobble i don't actually know anyone who knows what that is anymore <laughs> that's but... one of them right that's one of them and, and, and akari warriors might be the other one um but i kind of feel like you say much to some i mean even rbi baseball is still getting new versions they're just not like mainstream mainstream versions they're very dumbed oh, down versions I you can you can that. download you can download some of them on the switch um so, but I mean, Metroid's still out there running and gunning, doing its thing. Yeah. Obviously, Zelda is. We have Dragon Quest is on going on 12 now for its run, right? <laughs> yeah. Mario, you can't stop him. And, and Arachnoid is, is just another one, probably still kind of low key. So only three out of the list. Um, just in Outrun, Outrun is still popular uh, arcade game to this day. So thought that was kind of cool. Uh, the year's highest growing grossing arcade video games were Hang On in Japan, Hang On and Gauntlet in the United States, and Nemesis or Gradius in London. So Hang On, um, I kind of looked at this one a little bit, and it uh, obviously uh, in Japan... It's a oh, it's like a motocross game. Okay, right. Yeah, it's like uh, before Road Rash. It's it's a legit racing motorcycle game. Like before, you know, they started throwing pipes and wrenches into into motorcycle games. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I, clean clean visuals for this game. By the way, I can believe why it was a. I, I like it. I would play a game like this again. Honestly, uh, it just very colorful and just looks really good for the time to be honest with you it does it does though oh dude and gauntlet i've actually played oh, gauntlet that right, game is yeah. tough it's a hard <laughs> it's a, game it's yeah. not an easy game <laughs> <laughs> 
So you can tell, I mean, arcade games, the hard ones are usually the ones you go back to because uh, you want to get good at them, right? And yeah. they want your money anyway. So you can see that there. Um, Nemesis, uh, I want to pull that one up too and refresh my memory. The um, um, this one was because that that name will will screw you up anytime you guys want to look because Nemesis is uh, the name of all kinds of things. Uh, but like a uh, really cool board game. Board game. It's all. It's a really fun board game, by the way. Okay, I I don't think I know that one then. Um, but this one here was like a battle. It's kind of like uh. It's also a Konami game. You'll notice like Konami, like it's a, it's a, it's a Gradius series of games. So it's, it's like Gradius, but it's Nemesis is what it was called in Japan. Um, so I wanted to clarify that because I couldn't remember why I put Gradius in like quotations on, on the dock. And I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm old. I'm allowed to forget. It does happen. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, they it just had different names depending on where you played it at, from what I understand. But it was in part of the Gradius series. They just called it Nemesis over there in London. Um, the year's best-selling home system was the duh Nintendo Entertainment System, right? The Famicom over in Japan. And it says for the third year in a row, it was number one. Uh, that's that's impressive. That checks um, out. It says, while the year's best-selling uh, home video games in Western markets were Super Mario in the United States and Ye Are Kung Fu in the United Kingdom. And that one threw me for a loop because I'm like, okay, in Europe, a Kung Fu game was, was number one. Uh, <laughs> it, it did make a whole lot of sense to me, but uh, it... It's a, another Konami game. Like I said, you're going to see a theme going as, as we continue here, but it is like just a legit karate fighting game. It's kind of imagine like a street fighter, but um, you know, just <laughs> in the early, early days, very early uh, visuals are kind of muddy on this one. Honestly, um, the, the characters don't look bad for all things considered, but like the background and a couple of the images that I've, I can see here online are they're just kind of, what's happening. You know, it looks like coral reef in the background. Like they're fighting underwater in a couple of the images I'm looking at, but you know, it's supposed to be a mountain. <laughs> uh, and there's, there's like a, some sort of like skull looking thing on the ground to be ominous, but it's just a giant thing that you can't tell whether or not it's supposed to be like ice or is it supposed to be something else? Uh, use right. your imagination. That's what we did back then. We just used our <laughs> imagination, uh, you know? So that, I thought that was interesting as well. Some fun uh, video game, just history, different things for 1986. Yeah. And move into the premise of Castlevania. Now, I'll preface this whole thing that this gets super convoluted and crazy. I will not bore you with all of the crazy details. <laughs> with all the Castlevania lore. Oh my gosh, there's so much of it and it gets crazy all over the place. But um, I mean, it's a typical platform game, you know, in which the player takes role Simon Belmont. Uh, you're a descendant of the Belmont clan and a family, which the Belmont clan is a family of vampire hunters. Um, he travels to Dracula's castle, Castlevania, and fights his way through the castle, annihilating Dracula himself and the castle. 
and the castle has the ability to move and it can, you know, change positions and uh, hide itself and, and all these crazy things. Um, it's definitely different. Like the castle, it, Castlevania is the castle. It's like a character. Like, you know, it's in the name, but it's also a character. It moves. I was interested. Uh-huh. I, I had no idea it did all this. Um, I've only touched on those other Castlevania games I played in the early 2000s, obviously. I never delved into the lore, but did you have any clue that the castle could actually move? <laughs> I did, and only because okay. I watched okay. the uh, the animated series. On, on Netflix? Netflix? Okay, yep, I wanted to make it a mention is, of that. I, it's so you, good, though. How, how much have you watched? I think I still need to watch the most recent season, uh, but it is top notch. Incredible voice acting. Animation is real good. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely, because I haven't got to see it yet. Uh, talk about that some, man. Like, what? Sell me, sell me on that show more. Friends have told me, but I, I had not realized you'd seen the show. I guess. Yeah. So um, you're still following, you know, one of the Belmonts through um, to you know kill vampires and such. Yeah. Uh, and the main character meets like a sorceress, and she's shooting fire and ice at like vampires. Um, eventually, you get to meet Alucard, which is uh, you know, of course, Dracula spelled backwards, but it is uh, Dracula's son in, in the Castlevania yep. universe. Um, and he's a really great character too. Um, the main character, I can't remember what his. I don't. I think it's Trevor. It is for the series. Um, it's been a minute since I've watched it, but uh, just really great uh, characters. They're they're believable, and uh, the, the voice acting is really really good. Um, yeah, and the fights they don't uh, shave any budget off of those fights. The, all the animation is really cool. Um, of course, it's nice. very outlandish because it's you know a family of vampire hunters hunting sure. vampires. Uh, but you know he's he's carrying the classic Belmont family whip and he's like, making vampires explode and there's lots of gore. Uh, <laughs> and they they make a point to animate some of that stuff too. But um, it has like cool plots like. Uh, you can see like uh, on the bad guy side and you see you get to see character development from uh, from both sides and you know eventually they fight big bad stuff okay okay yeah I and mean, the art style does look cool i've i've obviously seen it you know just trekking through the internet but i've never sat down and, and watched it so uh highly recommended so that's that's good to know for the listeners yeah. and and for myself excellent that's a right fun on. watch yeah right on right on um yeah it's uh it was a striking thing to me. Like when I found out that the castle itself moves around, but at the same time, I was kind of like, okay, that makes more sense now. Like it's, you know, why you wouldn't just send like a hundred thousand people to that castle and do something to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get it now. I get just it. Roll right? up with a few hundred trebuchets and, right? and now it's right. rubble vania. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Game over. And we're over with so, no, no more games, no more games. Uh, speaking to that though, I did look up and there are 27 different Castlevania games in the Castlevania series. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, (laughs) I, I tried thinking on my own and just kind of looking around of a series that has more and man, I don't even think final fantasy beats this 27 is a ton of games, man. That's like, almost one a year since this is launched. I mean, it really is actually, cause we're, you know, we're in 22, so it's been 26 years. So yeah, they were pumping them out for a while. I feel like there hasn't been too many in recent years though. 
Yeah, that's what that's what did happen. There were 27 games up until 2014, and then they just they haven't made another one in eight years. The last one uh, made was Lords of Shadows two. That's sad. That makes me really sad. I hope it has a revival just like Metroid did, because the same sad thing happened to Metroid, which was immensely mm. popular and then fell off real hard and then came back with a damn vengeance. I'm really hoping we get another Castlevania game in the Metroidvania format. Give me that. Oh, please. Yeah. I love it so much. Uh, bring back Simon Belmont, bring back Soma, you know, bring back a cool character or I, I, I'm cool with a new character, but I'm hoping they bring it back just like they did Metroid. Yeah, that would be badass. I, I, I did. I would dig that. But keep it side scrolling, please. Make it make it something yes, that's please. uh yeah. I, that's a big thing now. Like we've been talking on the podcast and, and, and other ones, I won't talk too much about it, but you know, there's so many games that are doing the new t- 2d side scrolling. They're just taking that level of fidelity and just notching it up some. I so know, it just looks so pretty. They love it. They're eating yeah. it up. Yeah. It, it is time. I think eight years has been quite a while and maybe, maybe by the time we get a 10 year, like it's been 10 years, boom, we get a ghost drop of another one or something in 2024. That would be cool. Hell yeah. That would be super cool. Um, but yeah, it did start in 1986 with Castlevania and then uh, vampire killer. And then, you know, Castlevania two haunted castle. I won't go through all of them, but there were almost every year uh, up until 1995 then they did skip two years and 97 there was actually two games that came out uh so damn they did they skipped two years again and then uh 64 came out and then legacy of darkness came out same year again so they kind of just kept killing themselves i think they might have just been overworked you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) i just got caught up pumping out a game every year like hey man you can take a few years and just make one really good game Right. Exactly. Exactly. So they've had, they'll let's give them 10 and they'll, they'll give us that really good refresh. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Yes. Um, okay. So won't go over the timeline so much. Uh, I will try to give everybody a kind of quick sort of thing that happens. Um, so it does t- take place. It originally started in 1094 uh, Castlevania uh, laminate of offense uh, in, of innocence. Sorry. Um, as the time of the Crusaders, uh, and the, there's a story that focuses on Leon Belmont. Uh, he's the hero of knighthood. Um, one, one dark day, his fiance, Sarah is kidnapped, uh, his friend, uh, bedridden Matthias conquest, Cron- Cronquist, excuse me, tells Leon that his lady has been taken away with by a vampire named Walter who lives in a forest known as the eternal night. Unable to convince the church to lend him aid, he gives up his sword and his title to find Sarah himself. Upon entering the evil forest, Leon comes across a mysterious old man named Ronaldo, who bequeaths to Leon a whip. And the ah. yeah, right, enchanted with the power of alchemy. With this begins Belmont legend the the overall legend starts right there so that's just a good point for everybody to know says the origin of the feud between the belmont and count dracula that was its beginning um and you know spoilers for a 26 uh, year warning i guess but uh, (laughs) um yeah i mean sarah ends up dying and she actually ends up becoming embedded in the whip 
So her soul okay. is then put into the whip because it, it needed something to be able to defeat Dracula. And the only thing that could beat that was to be given a soul willingly and nobody else was going to give it. She was either going to die uh, and become a vampire, or she could have been killed willingly giving her soul up to the whip. Therefore then in embodying the whip with her soul makes, makes the whip what it is, which is stalker. I believe uh, they call the whip. Um, it's a cool last name. It is a pretty cool last name. Yes. Yes. So that, that just kind of gives you like where it starts and then it just gets crazier and crazier. Matthias was like, you know, playing him the whole time and he turned out to be a bad guy. He really wanted to like one up Dracula and, and, and God, honestly. And the only way he knew that he could one up God because his wife was killed was to never die. So if he can't die, then he's better than God is what his crazy logic was. And so he wanted to get the powers of Dracula and become immortal. And that's what he did with the help of Leon, which he never told any of this to, obviously, so that he kind of play with his little strings in the background and sent him through the paths, kind of used him to his will. And that was uh, that was that was very interesting storytelling for 1986, I think. I, and Damn. a lot of this yeah. was in books and guides back then. It wasn't like, you know, given to you in the game anywhere. Uh, they gave you some background more. Right, like, right. Pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So and it gave me a little bit more uh, respect and like attachment to the series. Like, oh, OK, you know, it's, it's about love and, you know, like regret and, you know, a lot of different emotions that kind of went through to start this whole situation with the feud. And then it would just become like, Hey, I'm, I'm no longer part of the church anymore. He gave up, like you said, he laid, you know, gave up everything and, and took his sword and went out to fight. And that was then the rest of his life and his family's life. So he's bequeathed that to everyone in his generation forever. They are deemed, a, you know, a vampire hunter. That's just what they're going to do now. That's their life. <laughs> Hell yeah. It would make uh, it would make for a, a great rehash because the story I, I don't think the story was given enough attention. The more I researched and saw it was like, if you wanted to know the story of Castlevania, you first had to play the game and then be like super, super intrigued on like what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had to read it outside of the game. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. In the world, you know, that I live in now, which is, you know, everybody talking about Metroidvanias and everything. I'm like, okay, I got to know more about Castlevania. I know well enough on Metroid. I got to learn Castlevania. So for me, it was like, that was my push to, okay, research time. What's going on? Why is this such a big deal? How did it start? Right. I honestly think that that story could use a reboot so that you could really get attachment, you know, and yeah, better storytelling that we can do now on the consoles and the tech we have available to attach the story to the gameplay. <laughs> oh, easily, easily could reboot it and just kind of go nuts with, with the, just the lore, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're going to move into a little bit of music. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that now. The, um, the NES version, obviously, is the one I played. I played it on the Switch. Uh, clear-cut differences in the soundtrack on these, for sure. Uh, I do want to play NES and Super NES and just kind of just kind of show everybody the kind of the difference of it. But um, one of the things I do have to say before moving, moving past into music first is how short the game is, even though it's like 
hard as hell. Like it's extremely difficult. This game is not easy. Um, I, I felt like you get no story. You're just playing through and fighting. You get a little bit of things in between sometimes like a little scene of him walking somewhere or something, but it's just walk and kill things and find a secret block to destroy to get food and then rinse and repeat <laughs> until you get to a boss, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so it's definitely a very, very minimal Castlevania is a very minimal game. Like you walk and you kill stuff and you go upstairs and you go downstairs, you know, that's, that's about it. Um, the knockback is a, is a bitch, by the way, the knockback is terrible. I hate the knockback in this game. It is the worst <laughs> is the worst wait on you or on the enemies on you if you get hit it throws you back like four solid frames like if you're on a block you're gonna get thrown back four blocks holy shit dude that's, yeah it, that's, it don't play around that's long even for an nes yeah. game yeah if 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 there were platforming pieces and there were bats or anything flying around you better know your timing or you better kill those things before you move and it being an nes game they're not dead permanently. If you maneuver, this is one of the games you can go back and forth, by the way, which I found very oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. That it, yeah. I thought, well, that's kind of ahead of its time because you couldn't even do that in Mario. So they clearly figured that out in the technology. But I'm like, wow. Um, when you go back one frame and then go forward, those things you just killed are back now. Like, I mean, you literally. Oh, they respawn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like you kill it and they're gone. You kill it. If you go back and go back again, they're back again. So you're like, damn it. Um, Yeah. But if they hit, if they hit you and if you fell even off of a staircase, you would die. Like if you fell into the lower level, even though it was only like 20 feet down or 10 feet down or whatever the case may have been, uh-huh. You could have you could have fell and landed, maybe took damage. Nope, you just fell off the screen, so the game registers you as dead. Um, yeah. Oh wow, this is early gaming technology right there, man. Yeah. Another thing about it too is even trying to duck under stuff. The game was coded to where you didn't duck far enough down to get under certain things. So there would be a couple of spaces where you would be shoot getting shot at by, uh, like it was like the it was a skull of a snake. And there was one at the top and one at the bottom and they were aiming different directions. So if you were on the side where the one at the top was firing, your brain's like, oh, I can duck and I don't have to jump over that. Nope. If you duck, they hit you straight in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so they, that was corrected later, uh, later versions. Uh, you could duck and it would just go over your head. But that was one thing I don't think they cared about. I think they were like, oh, this just makes it more difficult. Make it to where you have to jump over these things and time your whip, you know, smacks. And, you know, in between, and that's what you did. You, you had to jump and then, you know, crack the whip a few times and then jump and then crack it again and just, you know, keep that, you know, method going. Um, but yeah, knockback is really bad in this game. I've heard the only other game that it's worse in is um, Shinobi, which is uh, okay. kind of like, is kind of like a Ninja Gaiden, early Ninja Gaiden. I think I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it, but yeah. Yeah, you're that's... a samurai of some, or you know, you're a ninja of somewhat. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it too. I've never played it, but yeah, apparently that knockback is the only one that's worse than Castlevania. And if it's that much worse, oh my god, it's terrible. I could, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, halfway across the screen, every hit. Yeah, no shame at all. I only beat this game because I was able to save state and then load in between, like doing hits. Like that is the only way I beat it. I knew I was only a couple bosses away from being done and cheese. Uh, 
Cheesing oh, dude, it. I cheesed the shit out of it because I was like, <laughs> I'm too close to the end, man. I'm like, I'm beating this because I wanted it completely under my belt before, you know, the podcast. So I'm like, yeah. I, I, I got this. It still, it still was not easy. Even cheesing it was hard uh, because you still have to be able to like do certain things. Um, one story I'll say real quick. When you fight Dracula, his first phase, you have to hit him in the head only. That's the only part of him that's vulnerable. So I had the boomerang on purpose. I'm like, I'm keeping the boomerang because you can throw the boomerang and then catch it and then keep using it over and over and over. Yeah. The one thing about the boomerang though, is anything else that gets in its path, it will destroy. So for example, your candle, your candelabras that are everywhere will give you abilities or weapons or, you know, whatever. Um, in this particular battle with Dracula, the very left candle is holy water. Well, you need the holy water. It, you don't need it, but it helps fight his second phase. So you uh, I see. I see. don't want to hit that candelabra. You want to leave that alone. But when you're using the boomerang, you have to fire the boomerang at him and then jump and catch it before it gets past you and hits the candelabra. Otherwise, then it just kind of comes back to you and you use it again, you know? Oh, yeah. So you had to get in its path and catch it and stop it from going too far back the other direction. So you had to without pick dying. without dying. And you, you couldn't you didn't want to get hit by him. And he's he's shooting like fireballs and stuff at you. And he disappears. And then he likes to reappear exactly where you're standing. And if you don't move before he phases solid, you get you take a hit and you can even full health. You can only get hit four okay. times and you're dead Four four times. You're dead. He took away four of your health bars every time he touched you. So. <laughs> So that, that whole method was, it was, it was okay after I understood what I needed to do, but none of it's easy. None of it is easy. <laughs> so yeah, those old games um, are brutal. They're, they're absolutely brutal. Um, there was a, a lot of cursing, de definitely bunches of F-bombs. <laughs> <laughs> it was not, it was not a great time at all. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's, 26 years old so I, I i understand but we'll move on to some music here and take a listen to this josh what do you think what do you think of this guy make you feel <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good man not bad right yeah there's where it hits right there that's what everybody's used to it's like that's castlevania that's the theme song <laughs> Hell yeah. This, that's what you hear the whole time you're going to play right there, guys. It's actually pretty good. I wouldn't even be mad about it. No, not bad at all. Not bad at all. That's your that's your stalker music. Uh, here's another one that's very common. A lot of people are used to hearing. I've heard this theme music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I this one's another. I've never played the original game, but I've heard right. this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Popular. That's vampire killer music right there. Good stuff. Good stuff for sure. Um, all kinds of good stuff. Just when you get into the like more dungeony levels here. Yeah, they know. I like that. That's a yeah. little bit of '80s rock influence, right? On that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is all before Auto Tune, guys. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had eight bit worth of tones, and they used every bit. <laughs> That's right. That's right. This is since the very beginning. That's obviously your let's get ready to go. That's your prologue music right there. Um, that's when you get to see the 
those lovely eight bits flying everywhere and uh, <laughs> partake with them in your in your eyeballs. Uh, I, I will say, though, uh, for me, this this one was for me. And this is just throwing a curveball in into the show here. But I had to share this one because me and my son got down to this one right here. Give it a minute. You got to give it give it 10 seconds because <laughs> we know what we're hearing right now. You know, oh, got, it's, it's, yeah, it's vampire stuff, right? You know, that's all that is. Yeah, right? a little spooky. Yeah. So it's, it's getting there. Get ready. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I stepped it I up. It. I stepped it up right there. Big time. Big time. That's uh that's some Super Nintendo. That's that's uh that's Castlevania 4 there. Super Castlevania. Um I tried that one out after I kind of went through and kind of touched all the rest of them. I made it to, to that one. And I'll tell you that that one out of this pack that I played, my favorite. That's my favorite. Ah, super. Uh, you know, the Super Nintendo had some real hits, like oh, Super yeah. Metroid, Super Castlevania. Like, it's no surprise that it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. And you you heard prologue from the NES. Here's prologue from Super NES. So many more sounds on that 16 bit. Double the bits, man. Double, double the bits. Double bits, man. Listen to it. So good. It's crazy. Just much more ominous. Like you're like, oh god, I'm about to get into some shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you know what you just left, you know, on the on the eight bit console. Well, oh boy, here we go. We're on a sixteen bit console. Here we go. Yeah. 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 I definitely dug uh, the super uh, quite a bit more. Uh, wish I would have played that back in the day. I never did get a chance to get into those back then, but I think I might go back and revisit that one. Cause my son and I both were uh, actually having some fun with that one. It's pretty cool. Hell yeah, man. So I want to share some fun facts for Castlevania overall. Um, so the whip was inspired by Indiana Jones, man. I think that's pretty dope. I love Indiana Jones. I thought, hell yeah, that's what awesome. Wild take. <laughs> I think the inspiration is like, oh, whips are cool. <laughs> and then ran with it. Yeah. And, you know, I had to look it up because I was like, oh, shit, did Indiana Jones, is that a right fact? Did I'm looking up the wrong facts here. Uh, uh, the original Indiana Jones uh, was out in 1981. Damn. Yeah. It came out the year I was born. I had no idea. I was like, holy shit. I didn't think it was that old. So huh. um, thought that was a cool fact, though. Um, the difficulty of the game was based on whether Hitachi could beat it. That's one way to go. <laughs> I, I feel like this is a little, little unfair. If the developer can beat the game. Well, yeah, man, you made it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's you can tell, though, it, it's not easy. Um, so here is a crazy story. And I want to pull up the article here so I don't screw it up too much for everybody. So the creator of the game has been missing for years, okay? For years. Weird. He, um, Hitashi Akamatsu, okay, is his name. And he is credited as Trans Fisher and also Vram Stalker in the original Castlevania. Okay, so he's credited twice as two different names, and his surname is Hitashi Akamatsu. So he was the head of the director of the creation team behind the original Castlevania and is also known 
that he and his team uh, were in charge of the creation of Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, and Snake's Revenge, uh, which is a non-canonical sequel to Metal Gear. And that was released on the NES. So he's he's got solid background. A good credit oh, yeah. to his name. Definitely. Good credit, for sure. So during the 8-bit era, Japanese video game developers often had to go by pseudonyms in an attempt uh, of the game companies to diminish headhunting. Okay? So they didn't want people uh, to come get them, right? Yeah. Um, so based on that, it says one of the downsides of having this fake credit was that it was uncertain who created the Castlevania series. The best guess is Mr. Hitoshi Akamatsu, but unfortunately, it seems he disappeared from the gaming industry during the early 1990s. However, there is a small record of the game of the games he collaborated in. Many attempts have been made to track him down, but to date, there has been no success. No success since the 90s to find this guy. That's insane. Dude created one of the most like successful gaming franchises and gaming history and uh no one knows who this guy is or where he's at <laughs> yeah he's gone like they, truly they insane <laughs> isn't that crazy i thought that was just nuts i was like what is going on um especially in the world we live in now so it's like did he die under a name that nobody knew or i mean you'd think with all the technology and stuff we have you'd be able to find a person but we can't find this guy damn yeah, I guess that is the double-edged sword, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty wild. So I thought that was an interesting fact. Um, the second fight of Dracula is not him. It's the embodiment of Cursed Man. So I, th I found that interesting. So when you fight Dracula's second form, he's like this giant, like, he he looks like a, a giant troll, but he just looks extra, like, evil. Like, he has pointy ears and, like, really big teeth, and he just kind of jumps around at you with his arms out. Like, jumps and... He just jumps on you, is what he does, and you have to dodge Okay. Yeah. He's almost like... He's almost like a Bowser character, but, like, demonic in form of a Bowser. Like, he's just real okay. gross-looking and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the embodiment of Cursed Man. So, I'm like, okay. That's, I mean... And it's in quotations. That's what everybody calls it Cursed Man in quotations. So I'm like, okay, I guess you could just kind of call that whatever you want. Like he's been cursed, so he just turns into the thing, which is called Cursed Man, I guess, you know. Huh. Okay. All right. Sure Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I did just mention, too, in the article about the game director that Castlevania team worked on largely forgotten non-conical Metal Gear sequel, Snake's Revenge, which uh, was pretty cool as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good stuff found uh, going through this here. Um, bunch of crazy things, missing people, and just like <laughs> I did not expect to come up across a missing persons case going through Castlevania. Um, but I, but I did, I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, another one is Castlevania was inspired by classic Universal and Hammer horror films. So, you know, Frankenstein, all that kind of stuff. You do fight a Frankenstein and Igor in the game. I did fight them, which they suck as well. <laughs> <laughs> they suck pretty bad. Checks out. Igor flies around the map and throws, uh, throws fireballs at you the whole time. And the only way to block them is to hit them with your whip or just completely dodge them. And then while that's happening, if you're not paying attention to Frankenstein, he just keeps walking towards you until he kills you, which is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God video games have advanced. 
Thank God. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's why we could use that reboot for sure. Um, says the credits also screwed up the main character's name. The credits refer to Simon Belmont as Simon Belmondo. Belmondo. <laughs> so much less cool. Right. He's became um, a cool vampire slayer and then transformed in some caricature. Yeah. Well, that was his name in Japan and they just didn't translate it properly to us. So it still was in there as a screw up. Rough. Belmondo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like a really, really bad, like Mexican restaurant or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Talk, Taco Belmondo. You know what I mean? <laughs> the fancier Taco Bell. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome um, to the Belmondo. <laughs> yes, yeah, see, there it is. You, you nailed it. You know, that's Belmont. That's Taco Bell from uh, from Demolition Man. Uh, if, if you know that reference, uh, definitely comment below. That that's good shit. Um, and in and this is bullshit. By the way, this this last fact I'll give everybody is bullshit. In the Japanese version of the game, you could save. You could save in that version and only that version. You cannot save. In our well, U.S. version, why would it not be in the U.S. version? That's I know. so bizarre. It had to have been like a memory like constraint or something to get it over to the U.S. That's so yep. weird. This is all it says: getting through Castlevania in one in a one go sometimes seemed nigh impossible, but it was your only option, or at least if it were you in America. The original Japanese game was made for Famicom Disk Systems, a floppy drive add-on to the Japanese SNES, NES, uh, and featured the ability to save. Just another example oh. of everything being cooler in Japan during the 80s. They had a better version. That's yeah. why. It, they had more memory to do that. Okay. Yeah, they had, they had this floppy drive add-on, so they wanted your money, but you could throw a flop, floppy drive in there and save your games on it, so why not, I guess, you know, if it's going to make it less frustrating. Um yeah, so they definitely had a better time, I think, in Japan playing Castlevania just because of that. <laughs> that I believe it. I believe it. Now there was a save for our version in Castlevania Two. I did try Castlevania Two. It has its has a native save password situation. Remember those from the eighties? You know. Yeah. Oh, one yep. of my favorite NES games has that. Yeah. Hell yeah! Do tell. What's that one? Uh, Battle of Olympus. Oh, yes. We've talked about that on the show. Hell yes. Yeah. Let's go during our uh, 12 Games of Christmas episodes. Those are fun. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Loved that game. Yeah. Right on. Right on. All right, everybody. Well, that is kind of a look back at 1986 and the Castlevania original game, along with a little bit of the series, a little fun stuff mixed in there as well. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing this. Hopefully you guys really enjoyed it. If you did, please Hit, hit the likes below, send us some star ratings, uh, help us share the podcast to everybody and help us grow the show oh, out there yeah. for more. Uh, this is just really fun to do, uh, learning stuff and sharing it and, uh, you know, hanging out with my pal over there. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a blast. <laughs> every time, dude, every time. And Josh, do you want to give them a sneak peek of uh, what you're doing for your game coming up uh, when the time comes? Yeah, so also continuing with the 80s, it's the weirdest Zelda that ever, was ever made. It's Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link. Hell yeah. Side-scrolling RPG that I don't think anyone understands till this day. Yeah, yeah, it still stands out as what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right on, right on. That yeah, that'll be another fun one. I will sit back and get get my knowledge and uh, have fun on that. That'll be a good time. I'm ready for it. Hell yeah, man. It'll be a blast. All right. Well, that is it for this episode. Once again, thank you to everybody on Discord for chiming in and uh, being part of the episode. We appreciate that. Uh, if you guys want to do that as well, links below and everything. Find our Discord down there. Completely open, free to join and just have a good time over there chatting games. Next week, we will be back on Monday again. So get ready for that. And yeah. have a happy 4th of July because that should be today if you guys are listening to this on launch on Monday. Uh, so happy 4th of July. <laughs> please, for the love of God, keep your thumbs intact. Yes, please. We got to be able to game together. You know what I mean? You got to keep them thumbs. <laughs> you can't, your thumbs can't be loud if you don't have thumbs. That's right. It's, it's right in the name. Loud thumbs got to stay <laughs> attached. They, they stay attached. It can't be loud without that. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, get yourself a good surgeon. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I have none to recommend, though. None here. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next week, keep your thumbs. Game on. Volume up. Stay loud. Email, follow, watch, and listen to all of our content by visiting loudthumbs.com and join the loud crowd. To help us grow the show, you can leave an Apple podcast review or give us a Spotify star rating. It really helps us stand out. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers, Caleb Lynch, Brian Coger, Holden Moffat, SirsFurniture.com. If you would like to become a patron, visit patreon.com slash loudthumbs.